All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 229 of the Rants and Rave podcast. Great to have you here with us. And this is the last day of February, mm. as tomorrow we go into the brand new month of March. So we're all looking forward to that. And plus some results later on in the program and some predictions coming up for this coming Sunday for that AEW revolution. And more the Vince McMahon saga of the lawsuit. But anyways, thank you for making us your very first listen of the podcast. And subscribe to your preferred podcast platform wherever you get your podcast at. Either on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify for podcasters, etc. Leave us a five-star review of the show. And if you're currently watching the video version of the podcast, make sure to subscribe and, and, and don't forget to hit that notification bell for all new episodes of the Rants and Rave podcast. Even like this episode as well. And subscribe to the others on this panel, which we'll induce ourselves right now. I'm the fighter, Brandon Martin, co-founder, co-creator, producer, one of the six main co's, currently one of four as Michael will be running a couple minutes late because of attending a college basketball game. And I am the other co-founder, co-creator, and also the director of the show, the young blood outside, Jordy Scow, uh, a.k.a. J-Man's Jet. And this is also the first ever, you know, leap year edition of the Rainbow Podcast because this is the first time we're doing this on the 29th of February. Now, 2020, we did have a leap year there, but we never got a chance to, you know, broadcast on the actual leap year of the date. So this is a first for us. And yes, we will be talking about, you know, what happened this past Saturday um, morning at Elimination Chamber, Perth. And also we'll be giving our predictions for the Sunday for AEW Revolution. And we'll have our own topics to discuss as well here on the panel along with the 30-minute of McMahon, you know, lawsuit readings from Russell Talk. And, yeah, I'm looking forward for tonight's episode. But if you see me off screen a couple times, that'll mean I'm going to get some stuff situated, mostly, namely my sister. And then there's also my dog, Clara, because she recently got, you know, had to get fixed this past Tuesday. And don't worry, she's okay. She's having to wear, you know, a cone, but my mom found this, uh, cone where it doesn't have to be like that cone of shame bullshit. It's actually, you know, a cone where it's, you know, it makes makes it look like as if she's more comfortable with that. No. No, it's your turn. You were here before me. <laughs> okay. I'm going to rock the Canadian Destroyer, and I hope episode 229 will be let's have some fun, and I that's your seatbelts. We're going to have a, a little bit of bumpy ride. And last but not least, I am the Elder Statesman of the Rain Rain Podcast, Eric Lima. And also, I have my own Nanigans channel, Mr. Um, Eric Lima's Nanigans 1977. Uh, Jeremy Dimitrick in the live chat uh, for the very first time on the Facebook side of things. Thank you, Jeremy, for, for tuning in. And thank you. Episode 229, Rant and Rave. 
more with the McMahon saga. We got the pay-per-views to go over, and we're going to have some fun. So in the next few weeks, um, we're going to have the release of uh, Princess Peach Showtime for the Nintendo Switch. And I'm actually looking forward to that, you know, because it's been a long time since they had a video game basically having uh, Peach as the main uh, protagonist in a video game, not since Super Princess Peach. And, of course, you know, it ain't the first time she was a main protagonist. It was also in Super Mario Brothers 2 or or Doki Doki whatever it is. Like, that's a, you know, which is a copy of that game. Isn't that right? Yeah, Doki Doki Panic, I think the name. Panic, there, there you go. And it's the... Now, with this one, I'm actually looking forward to because, again, I've been collecting some new Switch games, and it's been happening since, you know, uh, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, or as Uriel would, li- would like for it to be called, Tears of the Queers. Uh, <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then it also went to, you know, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder, Super Mario RPG, uh, Mario vs. Donkey Kong, which I'm continuing gameplay tomorrow night on my my channel uh with chill majority which by the way at the beginning of chill majority i'll be doing a reaction to one of gary's videos one of the far compilation videos and yeah i'm thinking about collecting more switch games this year in regards to nintendo based product like uh showtime princess peach um luigi's mansion uh dark moon even though i feel like it should be mansions and not just mansion because there's more than one mansion you go into, and then the new and then also the remake of Paper Mario: The Thousand Year Door, which I have covered on my channel, the original. So, yeah, there's a lot of things that are coming on March right there. Um, what are you guys prepared for in March to get? Whether it's video games, entertainment, or anything physical, you know, media related. I'm talking all about 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 that for my topic. So. <laughs> Well, what are you looking forward to other than just, you know, video games and other that stuff? I'll get my topic out of the way right now. Well, well, this is a discussion for the time being. I mean, if you mean like... I'm saving it for my time. I'll say say in March, in March only. In March, right? Yeah. Okay, in March only because I'll save the other one for my topic then. Um, Contra Operation Galuga. Okay. Because um, it's it's like the same gameplay as a running gun Contra. But it's like, the graphics are even better. You can choose from, I think, six different characters. I'm gonna show two, two women. Um, I think the ladies, I think they'll make those, um, female characters make their debut sync hardcore, contra hardcore for the Sega Genesis. So, so hmm. for, for this for this month, contra operation Galuga and and two in a way, yeah. But uh, the uh, there the- he is. Well, multiple with the multiple characters, yes, Romy. But the only difference is the wolf guy won't be in it. There's a, be a couple of robots who'll be in it for the very first time. So looking forward to that. And uh WWE 2K4 24. Which I found 2K24. That's another one. We're in the My Rise version. There you get a wedding with Gigi Dolan. <laughs> oh my what? Uh Zachary Wentz. What wait? What are you talking about? Uh, for the women's side or the men's side? Uh I think for the men's side. Yeah. That would be interesting. Well, I think Brown. You know, pro. Um, 
no Romy, the uh, Pro Probotector, uh, the robot named for the original Japanese version of Contras in it. And I forget the other dude's name. But Jeffrey and happy Leap Day to you too. This is the first uh, Leap Year edition of you know the Rant Road Podcast, of course. Um, so Andrew, what are you looking forward to in the month of March? Oh, that's a good. That's a good question. I think I better start. I gotta start saving some money so I can possibly. I'm gonna get for the first time. I might get a, a, a Nintendo Switch. There you oh, go. That'd be that'd be good. So I'm gonna start saving go. some money. I'm gonna start saving my page part of my paychecks and my tips so I can get and finally get into the Nintendo Switch. He's looking forward to cheesecake. Is it Sarah Lee cheesecake? Peaches, peaches, peaches. I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Peaches, peaches, peaches. Okay, or, or, or you know what? When my mom, mom and me were first in the theater last year, uh, you know, watching that movie, you know what she originally thought they were that Bowser was singing or Jack Black. He, she thought he, he, she, he was singing "Bitches, Bitches, Bitches." The angry guys, um, the angry single guys anthem. Bitches, 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 bitches. Michael, uh, welcome. Uh, you know, you finally made it here on the panel. Um, what are you looking forward to in the month of March? Oh boy. Well, close to well, we've officially hit close to WrestleMania season, I believe. And uh I'm just looking forward to what kind of what kind of upcoming matches we're gonna probably see play out one as soon as we get to not not only close to March but also to WrestleMania 40 as well and uh, yeah so I'm looking forward to it. All right, and Brandon, what are you what are you looking forward to in March? Well, basically, you know. As Eric mentioned, the WW2K24 video game, which I'll be putting out as for content on this channel, along with uh, working as well, you know, doing some more broadcasting for baseball and some softball for the college as well. So, and also, not to mention, getting really into the road to WrestleMania. Again, what matches that's going to be, what they're going to be planning for. Two for that matchups for night one and two of WrestleMania 40. Mm -hmm. Yeah, four years of WrestleMania. That's going to be like a long. I mean, it, if you had to cover every WrestleMania and what matches were the best from the first WrestleMania all the way up to WrestleMania 39, it's going to be a hard list of, you know, compilate, you know, to try and figure out what matches were great and at the time, you know, to build up. I mean, yeah. they did uh, uh, 30 years of WrestleMania with 2K14. That has probably got to be one of the greatest things they ever done, right next to Attitude Era Mode with for WWE 13. But for this, now keep in mind, this is a showcase mode. This is not a, you know, this is nothing like, you know, the usual modes that you used to get back in the day. The showcase mode pretty much took over 
what, you know, Road of WrestleMania had done for SmackDown versus Raw 2009, all the way uh, to uh, WWE 12, and then it replaced with Add to your mode, as for mentioned, and then uh, 30 years of WrestleMania 2K14, which is the beginning of the 2K series. But but after 2K14, they decided to do showcase mode, which is again, you know, another replacement for something. And I actually think when as it builds up, it just kind of shows you that you know they really are you know way beyond their measuring you know stick when it comes to history. And I really hope that th this does not come back to bite him because I hope they cover every WrestleMania, but I hope the data isn't too much of an ass to deal with, you know? Some of the 2K24 2K matches are iffy. Um, but anyway, I just want to say hello to a few people in the live chat since we're already uh, 13 minutes in the show. We got... The Godfather, Dominic Williams. We got the Motionless Zombie, Romy 284, Skull Duggery. Oh, yeah, rest in peace to Virgil. I did not know he passed away recently. I know about Ole Anderson, but rest in peace to Virgil as well. We got the Price is Right fan, 2024. Bitch. Anyway. <laughs> we got Nick Infante, 1992. Daniel Berry Sports Highlights. And then... Hey! I'm doing a show here! <laughs> it is madness. And we got we got Emo Inuyasha in the live chat ad as well. Oh, Chuck Jose, Richard Lewis. Damn, there's another person. Yeah. You know, I know the old saying, you know, you know the old saying the phone is dead. Guess what? Just like in real life, everybody gotta die sometime. Man, that's really hard to hear. Richard Lewis, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was shouting at you two little monkey asses. Quit acting stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry, Jordy, but I thought I just heard an Eric Lima burp. <laughs> well, honestly. Eric Lima burping is almost like music to my ears instead of the barking. All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Jose just quite ass like monkey ass. Yeah, monkey asses. You know, these two dogs are acting like a couple of monkey asses. <laughs> well, the rock, I guess it's be the rock. Really, the rock said, "No, you're rolling. Shut your mouth, dog. Stop, stop your talking. The rock will kick you." Candy asses all the way to God. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Jordan, you know you're a terrorist, right? Terrorist my ass, exactly. All right, so. Oh, wait a minute. I can put my mic down here. So people can hear me. Hello, uh, Carlos. Then tomorrow, going to be pure hell once you watch the compilation. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I think I might have. I think it would be laughter mostly. Wow. Oh, J-Man, Eric. I, I wouldn't say it's, you know. Hello, hello. Hello, J-Man, Eric, and the rest. How are you doing? Yeah, we're doing. Hope you're doing good. But anyway, uh, let's get down to brass tacks. Um, so, you know how the rules are. Uh, whenever we, we uh, start the show, we will give out our individual topics when a person on the panel starts speaking. And 
That way, once they've given out their topic each, that way we will go into the main topics, maybe included with an advertisement, you know, from Brandon Martin himself. And also, after that, once we've done our, you know, main, you know, topics like, you know, the Elimination Chamber results and then the uh, Revolution predictions, we will begin 30 minutes of, you know, reading of the Vince McMahon lawsuit from, from Russell Talk and... For the time to start, you know, our topics will be now. I will go first. Um, you're going to hurl laughing or hurt, hurl or hurt. I, I can't really tell if it's, you know, I can't tell if that's what you try to say, but it's a, it's okay. I mean, it's hurl, it's hurl, hurl. laughing. It's hurl. hurl. Okay. I think you're going to laugh so hard your stomach's going to hurt. And then when your stomach hurts, you get in the throat. So. Man, there's a lot of things to talk about, but well, here's the thing. I I'm not gonna say what I've been watching on Hulu as of late, because let's just say I'm keeping it a secret for the time being. So that way it will shock a few people. Not everybody, but just a few within our community. I mean loving you watch loving WWE with Bianca and Montez. The, no, but okay. if I did, I would. I mean, I I'd tell I would tell you, but then again, you don't have Hulu, do you? I do have Hulu. I just never want to use it as much. Well, here's the thing: I'm not watching that. I mean, okay. I mean, as much as I I love love Montez Ford, I think he's funny, and I and and Bianca Belair, she is one of the you know she she is the true definition of a Nubian queen. Mm. But I'm not. I, I haven't been watching that. No. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No. No. I'm just. I'm just guessing. You were just guessing, but no. No, I'm not. But like no I said, guessing. Okay. All right. Well, we won't guess anymore. But here's the thing. I'm gonna keep it to myself until after I'm done watching this certain series. Okay. Okay. But what I will talk about is what I used to try to think what would happen back a couple of years ago. Uh, when I was on doing my chill majority thing, I remember when I was trying my best to cover rumors for a remake for the Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time video game, where to me, I feel like, you know, it was the perfect time and the place to do a re remake, you know, of the game, maybe do an import from the 3DS version, HDify it, and then try to put it on the Nintendo Switch, you know? Just for shits and giggles. Maybe do Majora's Mask as well. Because again, who doesn't love Ocarina of Time? A moron doesn't like Ocarina of Time. Because again, it is one of the quintessential video games that, you know, that really started, you know, a genre where you have, you know, these certain games. And I'm talking like, you know, games like, you know, uh, Red Dead Redemption. That's, that's one of them. And then there was, you know... There's also been other games, you know, to fall along with that, that, but at the end of the day, it's come to a point where we need to, you know, focus on giving a remake. Like, I mean, I've, I've been thrilled about the new remake of Paper Mario, the thousand year door, which I just mentioned earlier, but the thing is they need to, in a sense, pull their heads out of their asses and realize what kind of money they would make on this remake if they were to do it for Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and possibly Majora's Mask. And maybe add, add a Master Quest in there too, you know, just for fun. 
But at the end of, end of the day, I feel like, you know, we, we need more remakes like that. So that way some people don't get so cranky if they never could afford a GameCube or the Nintendo 64 or could play the 3DS versions of it. I think, you know, this would be a perfect opportunity for Switch gamers to actually, you know, enjoy history and then think about how it is, how it was back then compared to today's generation of video games. Because keep in mind, not everything is great within our modern generation of video games because a lot of people are so complacent. And I don't blame them. I don't blame the people that are complacent. But that's why they need a remake kind of like this masterpiece, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, just for the sake of, you know, wanting to, you know, finally get their, you know, mojo back. So, yeah, that's pretty much all I want to say right there. What do you guys think of what I have to say? Hmm. Hmm. I'm trying to think of the think of the answer. That's why it, it's a it's a. I mean, it's hard to respond considering what I had to say. I mean, and this is considering for everybody, not just for me. Hmm. I I think I because I. I played Legend of Zelda when I played on the Nintendo 64, and I like it. So, if they uh, remake it for the Nintendo Switch, why why not? Why not? They get a lot of money out of it too. Yeah, it's 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 arguably one of the greatest video games ever made back in 1998. Yeah, yeah. You still thinking, uh, uh, Brandon, or you, you need some time for this? All I'm going to say is, unless they play the cards right, it could be successful. True. That is if a good not, It might be a bust, but then again, unless if you do well, that was from previous back in 1998 from the Nintendo 64 then by all means i would go for it you raise a good point i mean i mean of course i mean 1998 that mean but here's the thing this, this is a legend of zelda you know game yeah i mean a lot of people will buy it no matter what and if it's regarding ocarina of time they're gonna buy it i mean i don't think anybody'd be disappointed but i just hope i don't be disappointed you know along with a lot of people that love that video game you know so, Michael, do you have any thoughts? I'm just going to agree with Brandon on this scenario. All right. Eric. Erica, do you have any thoughts on what I had to say? Well, knowing the, the history of the Legend of Zelda franchise, and you know, I always prefer the old school on uh, the first Legend of Zelda. Um, you mean the uh, NES? Yeah, the NES version of Legend of Zelda. I'm okay. Old school gamer. But as far as the... but. The Ocarina of Time, even though I never played it, but it, when I saw, I think it might be a successful, it might be a bust, like Brandon said. But knowing the history of the Legend of Zelda franchise, the games have been some of the games have been pretty successful. So it all depends on what Nintendo does. We'll see what their decision. If people, uh, people keep telling Nintendo, "Hey, can you remake Ocarina of Time?" They did remade Link's Awakening. So 
There's a, there, there could be a possibility. There could be a possibility. So if the fans keep asking for it, maybe Nintendo will give the people what they want. So we'll see what happens. Even if it's just an import from the three D from three D from the three D S version and make it HD and then put it in on, on the Switch, I got I would have no issues with that. We don't talk about the CDI games or the adventure. Zelda 2, the adventure of Link. That's a, that's a tough game to play because you're not used to Link. You know, we're used to Link in like the overhead world maps and just up, down, left, right. And then Yeah, we we're, yeah not the 2D bit screen where he's, you know, fighting people like, you know, left and right. You know, we're talking. You, like, you, you use uh, the magic to jump and all that good stuff and everything else. It, so, let like, me tell you something. Somebody should do a ROM hack. Of the of the first Legend of Zelda game and make that into the you know second Legend of Zelda, the Adventures of Link, and make it look good to see how it should have been made instead of you know what they you know attempted to you know make for the second game, which again that was that was balderdash, you know. It did become a source materials for YouTube poops. Oh my God! Well, that is true. So, YouTube poop. YouTube poop. But anyway, that's all I got to say yeah. for my topic right there. Who wants to go next? I've been running my mouth. I'll go next. Uh, and we're talking to continue to, uh, the topic of video games. One is one in April that I'm looking forward to. They just announced it a couple uh, yesterday. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Arcade mm. will be uh, having another one. And all consoles, including Nintendo Switch, Wrath of the Mutant will be coming out April the 23rd. Another one I'm looking forward to is a three, it's like 3D side-scrolling beat-em-up. Like, but with the uh, 2012 version of Ninja Turtles, which I'm look, kind of looking forward to. I'll be uh, right back. Because I saw uh, the real, I saw this arcade uh, at a mall before it closed down for good. We're talking six years ago. So, and I'll tell you one thing: lately, the Ninja Turtles been cooking with these these games. You got you got the Cowabunga Collection, you got the Shredder's Revenge, and now you got this game coming out. Which, you know, they they made a uh, Bebop pretty funny looking in this version. So, I am looking forward to it. So, so that's so yeah. So I figured I say so that's going to be in April. So, so I'm probably going to reserve a, if it's coming out in physical copy. I will reserve a copy for it. That's my plan. So, so that is my um, subject, my topic for today. <laughs> Who's next? I guess I go next since sorry since I opened my mouth already. Go ahead. Go ahead. So so earlier this week we have an actor named Richard Lewis passed away at the age of 76 suffering a heart attack. Mm. Yeah. Yep. He he could actually before he had a heart attack, he had announced last April he diagnosed with Parkinson's Parkinson disease because he was 76, and then he passed away this past Tuesday night in a heart attack. So, like, holy jeez, I lost another actor. Like, come on, people, come on. So, 
This is last show he already did. He appeared on on and I, Brenda, you have me on this one. Curb your Ipsium or, or enthusiasm. Yeah, that's his, that's it. Yeah, that's his final appearance on that series, which is definitely be the ser- which is the last season of of that series, of course. So, and uh, my condolences to his uh, his wife Joyce, and I hope my condolences to you. And that's the end of my topic. Who's next? It's between either Michael or Brandon. I guess I'll go. Go ahead, Michael. Whew. We'll get the pro wrestle of the week in a second. But I want I'm I've been trying to think of a first half subject. Well, since well, since Andrew, uh, I guess I'll do the NHL scores for for the first half of my. Go right go right in. And Andrew, I got good news for you. You, your Maple Leafs are leading two nothing. Well, actually, technically, Michael, they score. They scored. That was three 0 right now. All three nothing. Okay. Yeah, I was watching it with with my muted TV, of course. Sabres and Lightning are tied at one. Canadians and the Panthers are tied at one. Eric's Boston Bruins currently leading three to two. All right. Against Golden Knights. Hurricanes are leading two to one against the Blue Jackets. The New York Islanders lead two to one over the Red Wings. Dallas Star is leading 1-0 over the Jets. The Nashville Predators lead 2-1 over the Wild. Four games left to be played tonight. The Avalanche against the Blackhawks. Penguins against the Kraken. The LA Kings versus the Canucks. And the Anaheim Ducks against the San Jose Sharks. That'll be it for the uh, first half of my, my doubleheader. Now for the second half of my doubleheader, Pro Wrestler of the Week. Pro wrestler of the week. Yep. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> oh boy, I'll tell you this right now. This is coming out of elimination chamber. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> You're laughing. <laughs> You're laughing, Michael. What's going on, Michael? Uh- my Thank God. you, Liv Morgan, for eliminating Tiffany Stratton. <laughs> oh! Okay. Tiffany Stratton. I don't think name Stratton the wrestler of the week. I'd be shocked, but at the same time, be going. I can understand because she did show out in the Elimination Chamber. I mean, she held her own there. I respect yeah. that. Mm-hmm. I respect that. But and you know, we, and you know, the whole stadium in Perth was was kind of. Like, was kind of back in Tiffany Stratton. I mean, I I could see that knowing that her daddy, these little rich girl gimmicks, she's kind of she kind of got in Grayson Waller's pants. <laughs> Good God! Even though she's dating Ludwig Kaiser, but that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> All 
Uh, Rebecca Lynch, little challenge for the women's world title. Kabuki Warriors, still women's tag team champions. Logan Paul screwed another former world champion again. <laughs> what is up with Logan Paul? All right, I'm back. So, yeah, basically, um, okay, here's a funny bit. I never, I didn't get to watch the first, uh, the first two matches of the show, nor did I watch the pre-show again because I was a stupid ass. I was asleep. And how can one be a stupid ass if they're being a smart ass to not, you know, stay up too late just to watch a, a premium live event all the way from the land down under? Mm -hmm. uh. <laughs> anyway, they must love strap-ons in Australia. Well, you'd be surprised uh, what, what Australians can be capable of. Mm. Oh, by the way, it's Tiffy time! <laughs> Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> not happening this year. <laughs> uh. Yeah, sorry guys. Tiffy time just got stopped by Morgan. Watch me. <laughs> Speaking of uh Liv Morgan, uh Bo Dallas, I think he might have I think uh, Sean Spears might be involved with the uh, the upcoming storyline that he's trying to pull out, and I think we might, you know, see uh, Uncle Howdy or or even Bo Dallas continuing the legacy of Bray Wyatt soon in the future, hopefully. But anyway, in terms of Pro Wrestler of the Week, Wrestler of the Week. In terms of the nomination, I'm just so glad that the coming. That the current women's world champion defeated Nia Jax for that since it was in her hometown. <laughs> Romy Fied. Oh! <laughs> My name is Michael and I like some cheeseburgers. <laughs> cheeseburger, 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 cheeseburger. Hold on, hold on. I got, I got something better. I got something better. Hold on. Hold on. I want a homemade cannoli. Say his name and he appears. My name is Rome and I like some bran flakes. Excuse me, Rayo Ripley. Rhea Ripley's Pro Wrestler of the Week? Okay. Oh, by the way, if you guys didn't check on my rant this past Tuesday on... um. The Popcorn Panel Podcast, there might be a change to the WrestleMania match between Rhea Ripley and Becky Lynch. And it's and I think they're gonna add Nia Jackson to it as a triple threat. Ooh. Which I believe is a dumbass idea. I, I've already expressed my opinion on the Popcorn Panel Podcast. If you wanna see hear what I talk about, go there. I think uh, you know, maybe soon William. Braun the Conqueror, he'll put in um timestamps of when you know I might start the rant, but it is a rant you don't want to miss. And and I think you know if you didn't watch it live, sorry if you did, couldn't hear it. But if you but if you did hear it, you'll probably know my feeling is still the same for what I said this past Tuesday. I am not a fan of this idea. 
I think it is a dumb idea to give someone another chance when they already blew it, you know, the first time on the, you know, this past Saturday. Like, there should be no second chances, you know, in this kind of environment. Michael looks like looks like an orange with that face. Oh, so he looks like an Oompa Loompa, you know, if he was a Jew, right? <laughs> I'm an asshole, I know. But anyway, um, <laughs> what? What? Oh, was there a delay, in, delay, you know, for, for you to hear the joke, Eric, or are you watching TNA? I'm watching TNA, and Joe Hendry's mentioning AJ Francis' best friend, Steve. Okay, it. it's it's confirmed, ladies and gentlemen. Eric loves watching titties and asses. Not that kind of TNA yet. <laughs> oh, yet. <laughs> brain, the the pea brain young buck loving goofball. So, <laughs> so, so you like you like dicks and cocks, right? Oh my god! No, you, <laughs> you are a goofball stooge turkey. Okay. <laughs> Wait, did you just call me a goomba? Yeah, you're a goomball. Goomball. D-O-O-N-B-A-L-L. Oh, oh, look at Romy in the live chat. He said, for Melina, T-N-A all the way. Yeah, it's hot. So hot. So hot. Anyway, is that all you got to say, Michael? For a pro wrestler of the week? Michael. 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 Oh, Michael. I already wow. went. It was that, is that all you had to say in regards to Yeah, I already – yeah, that was all. Uh, all right. Who's next? That leaves with Brandon left. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, let's just say for my topic, a former WWE star charged <laughs> with second-degree murder. Wait, what? <gasps> oh. Second-degree murder? Oh, shit. Well, well, I think I will go it. ahead and elaborate that right now. Former WWE and WCW star Billy Jack Haynes. Yep. Billy oh Jack Haynes. Why, why does that name sound so familiar? He was, in the, he was big in the Portland wrestling scene for, for, early, for in early years, early, early 80s until WWE happened. Yeah, but the mm-hmm. name, I feel like I feel like I've heard heard this name before, but Billy Jack Haynes. I mean, it's nothing it doesn't it, it does it not relation to no relation to Michael Hayes or PS Hayes, whatever I'm talking about. Haynes. H Y H A Y N E S. Yeah. Like Romy just spelled right there. Well, just elaborate more because this is interesting. Yeah, has been officially, he was 70 years old. He has been officially charged with second degree murder following a domestic incident on February the 8th. Hmm. And that's basically three weeks ago. At 9.52 in the morning, authorities were called to the home of Haynes after gunshots were heard from, I'm not going to say that address, out of respect, in the Lentz area of Portland, Oregon. A two-hour standoff between the 70-year-old 
and police ensued with, with authorities warning neighbors in the area to remain indoors. Haynes was eventually taken into custody with his wife, Jeanette Beecraft, 85, found dead inside the home with medical examination, later confirming that the cause of death was a gunshot wound. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, no sh I mean, if, I mean, if there's a murder and it, and it has something to do with gunshots, of course it has to lead to death, but... And his wife was how old? 85 years old. And he's 75. Well, no, he's actually 70. Billy Jack Haynes is. Oh, still 15 years older. Like, damn. Yeah. Despite being apprehended, apprehended on February 8th, Haynes was not initially charged due to having suffered an unrelated medical issue and being hospitalized following his initial arrest. However, following his re release on from hospital yesterday afternoon, Haynes was immediately charged with second-degree murder and an unlawful use of a weapon in relation to the death of his wife weeks prior. So Haynes is now being held in Multnomah County Detention Center in Portland, Oregon. And during his wrestling career, which spanned 13 years, Haynes competed for a range of promotions across the world, including the WWE, the NWA, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and the USWA. In WWE, Haynes competed at the landmark WrestleMania 3 event, facing off with Hercules Hernandez. Following his departure in 1988, Haynes would later work for rival company WCW, un wrestling under a mask under the name Black Blood before officially retiring from active competition in 1996. And the sources from Coins... Channel 6, PortlandOregon.gov, and PWI Insider. Guys, what do you think? When I first, uh, I'll say for, I'll say because I first heard this report and I was kind of shocked. Yeah. So. Uh, it's unfortunate that things like this have to come like that. I don't condone. Murder, but who the hell is breathing in a mic so badly? That should be Andrew, I think. Yep. I heard his breath. It. Then who is? I wasn't breathing. That's why. I. I. It does sound like it, Andrew. It. It's. It's fine. It's I mean, fine. like. So. I, like I said, I don't condone murder. I don't. You know. I mean, unless if you're using it in self-defense, you know, for that kind of thing. But but if it's intentional to, to just kill someone, I, I, you know, you know, try to break the law, I'm not for that. It, it is, it's, you know, and especially for his reasons as to why he did it, I mean, 
I'm telling you that 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 has to be that's that's love, especially you know, like if it's towards your own wife. Like, here's the thing: some women out there can be very you know mouthy from time to time, but if I if I'm in an argument with someone, I'm not gonna shoot them because again, I'm not gonna you know risk going to jail for I don't know twenty to life you know just for you know just because we had a dispute. It's just stupid, you know. I mean, he. I mean, he's getting what he deserves. I mean, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know why did he did that. Like, come on, seriously. He's like what seventy years old? Yeah. Yes. And she's only eighty-five. Like, like, come was, on. Was it? Was eighty-five? Yeah. yeah. Like, come on. Seriously, why you did that? You real? You realize second-degree murder is you got a lot, a big jail sentence right there. That's true. Mm-hmm. And that's all I had to say. Fair enough. Michael, Eric, which one of you wants to go next until we uh, go into the main topics? That's... It's not right. Yeah, it's not right. Eric? Well, yeah, when I first... I read about this report, and I was kind of shocked because, you know... And but you know Billy Jack Haynes is up there in age, anyways. And even if um, he gets a long prison sentence, he'll probably pass away before he even completes it. And uh, and really, it's really really sad that another wrestling legend had to. Uh, but he's he's going to be canceled for sure, like Chris Benoit did. So so everybody got back. Everybody's a Billy Jack Haynes fan, and you got wrestling videos of him. Better put him up on YouTube. I highly doubt the WWE will want him aired. But it is sad. And it had to happen. But, you know, you don't, if you don't do the crime. And then, no, no, no. If you can't do the, you uh, can't do the time, don't do the crime. The crime. There, there you go. Right. Now in SpongeBob, you're like, okay, time's up. Now get out. But we stole a balloon. Yeah, on free balloon day. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Jack Haynes oh, No, RJB forty. I highly doubt that it. is not gonna happen. Sometime not soon. No way. Uh, oh, RJB, uh, you're nuts. All right, which one of you flat foot stole my lollipop? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and get into the main topics of the show. Um, Chris Benoit for Hall of Fame twenty twenty. Well, if the if the people that are trying to prove Benoit's innocence can actually pull through and you know and reopen the case and then somehow prove his innocence for it to be reopened, I mean anything's possible. Mm-hmm. And who knows? Maybe we might finally get that. You know. Chris Benoit tribute show back for Raw. But 
I highly doubt that's going to happen as of, you know, this moment, but, you know. Okay, welcome Omega Drystrick to the front, uh, live chat. And this is his first time here. I want a balloon really, really bad. And DJ Sombrero Pictures, first time in the live chat. Welcome. So, uh, all these dudes that do bad stuff to women that didn't deserve it, do you think it's steroidism? That's a good question. Very That's good. really tough to say. It really is. You know, I think to me, whether it's steroids or if it's just the, the mindset of someone where they're really driven to that point, it's really a hard question to answer because, again, steroids can't always be the benefactor to one's, you know, motives or, or you know, or one's insanity because sometimes it's all about choice. What it's like, it's a choice whether you want to do drugs, you know, illegal ones, by the way, it's always a choice whether or not you want to, you know, whether you choose to murder somebody, not that I encourage it, mind you. And it's also a choice whether or not you want to live, you know, a life, you know, outside, you know, or if you want to live a life inside prison. We would love to see Miss Elizabeth in the 2024 Hall of Fame, but the problem is her family does not want anything to do with it. Oh, so that's why. Mm -hmm. Her own, her family does not want anything to do with it. What the? I yeah, that's what I'm saying. But she never, nothing ever happened to her in the WWE. I mean, if anything, they should be going after Lex Luger. Why should they hold the WWE accountable for what happened to her? Yeah, she. I I really don't know. Plus, Luger wasn't even employed with the company at the time when she died. Yeah, exactly. I mean, man, bullshit. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, that's why. Because her family, I don't know why her family. I don't know if they're pulling a Martha Hart or what. But it's a matter of morality. Yeah, exactly. That's you know, that's pretty much all I'm trying to say right there. Yeah. But she should be in on the Hall of Fame. Psycho Sid for the 2024 Hall of Fame. That's kind of funny you mentioned that because I think there is a there are some four mm -hmm. people that you know they want to add into the Hall of Fame and all that stuff. I think that's that's pretty. You know, I I agree with Skullduggery on this one. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, I think he should be too. You know, I mean, considering he's a two-time WWF champion, former WCW heavyweight champion. Mm -hmm. You know. But anyway, let's go ahead and get into the main topics. Um, we'll go ahead and start off with Elimination Chamber results first. Hold but on. Hold on for a second. You forgot one thing. What did I forget? Oh, I know. I know. The sponsors. No. Well, no, not yet, Andrew. We haven't hit the one hour mark. What I'm talking about is TNA No Surrender. Oh, yes, yes. We forgot. We got, TNA No Surrender came we first, then Elimination Chamber. So we forgot about that, too. Okay, so what do you want to go with first? Do you want to go with No Surrender or Elimination Chamber? I mean, which one? Well, seems since it's going to be in chronological order, it has to be TNA No Surrender. Just to yeah, go real quick. All right. I'm doing fine, RJB40. Thank you for asking. But yes. Uh, anyways, uh, results for TNA No Surrender from as of last Friday. 
They had two pre-show matches. We start off with the first pre-show matchup as they have the Rascals of Trey Miguel and Zachary Wentz defeating Speedball Mountain of Speedball Mike Bailey and Trent. Seven by submission. Zachary Wentz, a.k.a. the luckiest person, the luckiest guy on the face of the planet right now. Yes. (laughs) And, yep. And with that, the last pre-show matchup, the system of Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers with Felicia Edwards defeated the intergalactic jet setters of Kevin Knight and Kushida to get the win. You know what? You know what's funny about that partnership of Eddie Edwards and uh, freaking um, uh, Brian Myers. Eddie Edwards is from Boston. Brian Myers is from New York. Yep. <laughs> Called on the rivalry. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But yeah. And then we get into the main show. And this one. Holy. Is- what? What? Speaking, speaking of TNA, they design Hammerstone. All right. Alexander Hammerstone. Hammerstone designed with TNA, and at sacrifice, they're facing each other again. Wow. Okay. Well, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. Ben just said, my balls are probably bigger than Andrew's intelligence. Oh, oh wait, it already is. Oh, oh God. Ben. <laughs> I knew, ben, I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Every time. Every time. <laughs> Uh, oh boy! Anyway, continue on. Yes. Anyways, uh, sorry about that, Brandon. I just I had to react to that. that no, no, it's all good, Eric. No worries. It's all in line with the TNA thing, so I forget why that's not. It's all good. But yeah, so basically, Eric Young defeating Frankie Kazarian, which he'll challenge for the TNA World Championship at Sacrifice. Hmm. hmm. And then we have the final match of the best of three series for the TNA World Tag Team Championships as the ABC of Ace Austin, of inevitable Ace Austin, and the ultimate finesser Chris Bay, defeating the grizzled young bets of James Drake and Zach Gibson to retain the TNA World Tag Team Champions. And then we get into a singles match. PCO defeated Khan by disqualification to win that matchup. Mm-hmm. And then we get into another tag team match, but this time for the TNA Knockouts World Tag Team Championship as Decay defending the titles of Rosemary and Havoc going up against MK Ultra of Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich. And with that, MK Ultra of Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich defeating Decay of Rosemary and Havoc are the Knockouts World Tag Team Champions. And then we get into. Another singles match. This time, the walking weapon, the walking weapon, Josh Alexander, defeating Simon Gotch in that matchup. And then we go into the no surrender rules match. 
for the TNA World Championship as, as we interviewed last week, the champion Moose with the systems Eddie Edwards and Brian Myers defeating last month's guest at that time, the former TNA World Champion Alex Shelley, accompanied by with the intergalactic jet setters of Kevin Knight and Kushida. And then we get into the... <laughs> what? <laughs> Damn you, Rolly! Damn you! That's funny. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we go on to the uh, TNA Knockout World Championship as the juggernaut, Jordan Grace, defeating the quintessential diva in Giselle Shaw to retain the TNA Knockout World Championship on that one. And then we get into the main event and this is for the TNA X Division Championship Chris Saban defending his title against Mustafa Ali X Mustafa Ali defeating Chris Saban to become the TNA X Division Champion <laughs> and I'm watching the inaugural uh, celebration of that right now. Been a long time since they've had the X Division title in the main event of a of a pay per view slash special event. I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and that's basically it for the results for no for TNA No Surrender 2024. Mustafa Ali, X Division champ. You know what? That's a good way for him to, you know, to start off, you know, in the way that face looked like he just gave a blowjob to a drag queen and realized he just did, did it to a male one. Jeez. Oh, jeez. Oh, oh, my God. <laughs> Shit. Anyway, now that that's out of the way, <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, cover, you know, Elimination Chamber. Uh, <laughs> We'll we'll go we'll do the advertisements after this. We'll go ahead, you know, with the revolution predictions and then yeah. the thirty minutes of uh, Vincent Mann reading. All right. Okay. So I didn't I didn't get chance I don't have I didn't get a chance to do a prediction on this because I didn't know this match was going to take place. Nor did I have any way of knowing. But had I made a prediction, I would have chosen Candice Ray and Indy Hartwell. But then again, part of me knew they were going to lose anyway because, again, for one thing, they're not going to have Indy Hartwell win a championship in, in her home uh, country of Australia because they're saving that for the main event for an Australian to win. <laughs> but still, since I never got didn't get a chance to pick, it might, this will not count for me. Um, the Kabuki Warriors, they retain the women's tag team titles against Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. And as for 
Now, as for the main card, I actually got all four of them, you know, correctly, which I knew this this was how it's going to play out, obviously. First, we got Becky Lynch defeating Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Naomi, Raquel Rodriguez, and Tiffany Strap-On to win a world women's world title match for WrestleMania 40. Like it doesn't like it matters because apparently they're going to be adding Nia Jax into the mix, you know, because they're going to have Nia fat back Jax, you know, to, you know, because he's the Rock's cousin, you know, just to, you know, be part of, you know, it's like as if, you know, it's going to be like the Samoans are coming. The Samoans are coming. Well, you made him crack anyway. So now next we got the tag team match undisputed tag titles judgment day spin Balor, damian priest with dirty dominant mysterio defeating the new catch republic pete dunn and tyler Bate. yeah they retained that's the one i got wrong yeah because you thought our truth would intervene but he was in austria not australia <laughs> that was the funniest thing <laughs> after that we had the um uh give him a minute yeah Oh jeez! I just saw the oh. I saw the funniest thing on Twitter. I said by NXT. Our truth. Oh, Gargano. He says you're going to be the next heartbreak kid. Oh god! Jeez. It's John Michaels. Oh. oh god. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know what you sound like? You sound like you're going like you sound like going. Oh my god. How's the chain? How are you? How's the chain? They had the Grayson Waller effect. Now, <coughs> here's the thing. This might have my prediction half right, but half wrong. I thought they'd be having a tag match for night one of WrestleMania for The Rock and Roman to face off against Seth Rollins and oh, excuse me, Cody Rhodes in the main event of night one. But apparently, we're actually getting something instead of that. We'll have Cody Rhodes face off against The Rock because Cody challenged The Rock for the first night of night one of WrestleMania. And part of me believes that here's how I, I, this is how I still think of it. Regardless of the outcome between him and The Rock at WrestleMania night one, night two is the ultimate, you know, factor here because the other matches, and I'm just going to say it for the final record, if some people don't like what I say, then that, then I'm sorry. This is my opinion. No one else's. All the other matches at WrestleMania don't mean shit at this point. The only match that I think is more important than any other match on the card is obviously Cody versus Roman two for the undisputed universal title. And this is a match that Cody needs to win to take the title off Roman because if he does not, then this will be one of many worst WrestleManias in history. 
because all the other matches, you know, so far, they don't mean shit to this at this point. That is the main key factor there. Cody needs to win. Thus, this will set up Rock versus Roman in the future. Well, yeah. Finish the story. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So yeah. Oh, Jaden's in the live chat. I can't see him. Well, that's because Google wants to be a bitch, you know. Oh. The story of my life. <laughs> now, as for you know Seth Rollins, I don't know what role he's gonna play. All I know is he's got to defend his title against you know Drew McIntyre. And the one thing we can be <laughs> confirming of this is the fact that their match ain't gonna be main eventing either night. In fact, I even said to all you mommy fans out there, you know, mommy this, mommy that, mommy, mommy, mommy. Yeah, Rhea Ripley is not main eventing. I've already said this to Shane behind the scenes. I've said this a, a, probably a thousand times, and I'm about to say it for a thousand and one time. She's not main eventing. Okay, they tried multiple times to do it, and they dropped the ball with her. WrestleMania 36, WrestleMania 37, WrestleMania 38. And last year, WrestleMania 39, they're not going to do it. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. <clears throat> but anyway. Oh, man. Speaking of Drew McIntyre and Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre won his, his Elimination Chamber match to defeat Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, LA Knight, Logan Paul, and Randy Orton to win a world title shot against, you know, aforementioned Seth Rollins for WrestleMania 40. And... I'm going to, I mean, here's the thing. As much as I love them doing what they can for the, you know, had her main event anyway, the chamber. No, 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 no. I'm talking WrestleMania. I'm not talking about, you know, any, just any special event or special premium live event, pay-per-view, whatever. WrestleMania. That's what I'm talking about. And besides, that was in her home country of Australia. It wasn't. That was basically, you know, a special show where they're like across the world. That I mean that wasn't even a WrestleMania. <clears throat> <laughs> okay, that was funny. He uh, Ben just said, "Mammy." It sounds like Jordy is calling for his mama when he is way too high on medical marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on one second. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what did you do? Oh, jeez. David 3000, welcome back. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. Bruh. <laughs> Freaking Matt Riddle. <laughs> That's enough of that. <clears throat> oh. Anyway, so something like one. And finally, the main event, obviously, because they were saving the <laughs> best for last, or in this case, the breast for last. <laughs> we got we got Rhea Ripley defeating Nia Jax to retain the women's world title 
which doesn't mean shit because apparently I think they're going to add Nia Jax, Nia Fatback Jackson to the World Women's title match at Russell in Mania 40. And I think it will take place on night one as a semi-main event, but not the main event. <laughs> so, yeah. And by the way, hello to David 3000. So that's pretty much the results of uh, Elimination Chamber Perth. We'll we'll go on to the um to our predictions of Revolution, but right now we got to do the uh, advertisement right now. So, Brandon, if you don't mind, I got to get some stuff situated. So yeah. And All now right. a word from our sponsors. Yep. Thank you very much, Jordy and. We first start off with our, the pro wrestling shoot with uh, Jesse Carter and James Pinard Jr. As they talk about the upcoming WWE 2K24, which we're all looking forward to, and some other wrestling news that they're going to talk about throughout this week in general. And feel free to check out every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5, 7 Central, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Pro Wrestling Shoot right here on YouTube. And then we go on to the 25K PR TV, only on YouTube, where Alex Perez is the owner of the 25, where if you want to be a contestant on either Bonzi's Jungle Challenge, Plank of the Game Show, or Spin for a Million, you have to be at least 18 years or older to play. And contact Alex if you're interested in being on the 25. So that is the 25 KPR TV only on YouTube. And now we go into the Scorpion Death Drop, a.k.a. Leon Calavera. Now goes by the Templar King, Leon Calavera. As he, again, does a great job with doing the <laughs> intro for ours, for our show, Rant Ray Podcast. And he also is in film school studying for that so great job for leon to give a head on shoulders for what he wants to do and speaking in the live chat a house of chayton where they do the exile outcast along with exile entertainment and exile masculinity those three shows will be coming out real soon and of course coke goes with Dan or DXP. So again, three sh there are three shows will be coming up real soon. And then currently in the live chat, we have the David 3000 Network as he does game shows like hosting along with myself, along with Jason Cano, and the others along with DMS 3000 News, the Chillin' 3000 Hangouts, and of course, the Popcorn Panel Hosted by Victor DeValle, a.k.a. Count Victor, along with uh, Jordy Scal, William Braun, which is William the Conqueror, and Jared Ross. So that's going to be Tuesday night as well at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 Central, 5 p.m. Pacific, only on the David 3000 Network. And finally, we get to Mr. Garrison96, a.k.a. Garbear himself. As he hosts the Bofas on the Sofas, along with Jerome Latmer, a.k.a. Romy2184, along with the Putnam brothers of Alex and Austin Putnam. 
which is every Monday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 Central, 2 p.m. Pacific, only on the Mr. Garrison 96 YouTube channel, only on YouTube. And that's basically it for the advertisement slash the sponsors for this show, the Rants and Rave podcast. And now, while Jordy is away, and I will catch him up on that, we go into the predictions for AEW Revolution 2024 for this coming Sunday. And we'll just go top to bottom in this one. We go ahead and, or better yet, you know what? Yeah, we'll just do top to bottom, make, make things fair. All right. They, we have the Tornado Tag Team Match for the AEW World Tag Team Championships. And minder is this will be Sting's retirement match. We have Sting, or in that case, with Tony Schiavone would say it, it's Sting! And Darby Allen defending the AEW World Tag Team titles, accompanied by the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Accompanied by, or in that, or it's something to company, but taking on the Young Bucks, or I like to say it, and many others would say it, the dumb fuck of Matthew and Nicholas Jackson, aka Beavis and Butthead. Yep. Well, hmm. I know it pains me to do this, mm. but I have to go the Young Bucks. Becoming the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. I'm going to have to agree with you on that, Brandon. I'm going to go Beavis and Butthead for the belts. And yet I thought we would have a fair one-on-one encounter for Sting's retirement match. But no! They had to give Sting another title run. I'm just simply going to go with the men who don't even qualify to be EVPs anymore. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Which is? Beyond Bucks. Yep. Andrew? I, uh, I agree. I agree. All right. I know what Jordy's going to think. He's going to bust out, carry on my wayward son again. Yeah. (laughs) Sad face. But, however, we go into the AEW International Championship on the line as freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy defending the title against... Undisputed Kingdom's member of Roderick Strong, accompanied by the Kingdom of Matt Taven and Mike Bennett. You know, I'm going to go with this. Well, hmm. Because Matt Taven and Mike Bennett, it's in the ringside. So I would love to see Cassie retain to overcome the odds. But I think it's going to be Roderick Strong. Becoming the new AEW International Champion. Yeah, I'm going to go with the guy who looks like Ned Flanders from time to time. 
Roderick Strong. Michael. Not so fast for both of you. I'm All going towards right. Cassidy. Okay. Ooh. Well, you're right, man. I agree with Michael. All right. Even playing field for right now for a 50 50. <clears throat> and then we get into the three way match for the AEW World Championship as Samoa Joe defending. His title against Hangman Adam Page, or likes we and Jordy likes to call it Hangnail, <laughs> going up against also going up against Swerve Strickland, accompanied by Prince Nana. You know, I would love to see Strickland become champion, but not AW Revolution. I'm going Smojo retaining. The AW World Championship. He's gonna have to go with Samoa Joe as well. He'll find a way to retain his title. Samoa Joe. Yeah, right. Samoa Joe. I, I, I agree. All right. <clears throat> and then we get into the AEW Women's World Championship as timeless Tony Storm. Defending her title, accompanied by with Mar Mariah May and Lutha, going up against the virtuosa Diana Perrazzo. You know, I love to see Perrazzo becoming the AEW Women's World Champion. And like I said, from as the previous match, not AEW Revolution, I'm going Timeless Tony Storm retaining the title. Mr. Eric. Um, what match are you going on now? The AEW Women's World Championship. Oh, women's title? Storm versus yeah. Perrazzo? Well, mm -hmm. I got to go with my favorite girl, Tony Storm. Timeless Tony Storm. Yep. Okay. Michael. Not so fast, Eric. Even on oh, the All right. <laughs> oh boy. I agree with Michael and first ever. Hold I think this is the first time that yep. Tony Storm and Deanna Perrazzo had a one-on-one -on -one encounter, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Deanna Perrazzo should capitalize in the moment. And I okay. and you already saw what I you saw what I picked. Yes, Andrew. <laughs> ah, excuse me. Timeless Tony Storm. She's timeless. Timeless beauty. I'm going with timeless Tony Storm. Yep. I love Timeless Tony Storm. All right. We now go into the Continental Crown Championship along with the AW Continental Championship, the Ring of Honor World Championship, and the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship as Eddie Kingston defending the title against the American Dragon, Ryan Danielson. However, if Danielson loses, he has to shake Kingston's hand. This is a tough one. I would love to see Brian Danielson become the Continental Crown Champion, but I'm going Eddie Kingston retaining the Continental Crown Championship. So I'm going Eddie Kingston. All right. Uh, hold on a second. I'm just going to try to go to AEW Revolution. 
sorry if I didn't get a chance to get my predictions, you know. Yeah, I mean. Also, they covered the four. That nine matches already. I mean, this this seems fine. I guess. Yeah. Okay, so. Well, first, I want to make this clear for right now. I don't know if I will be covering Revolution this Sunday because it is, it's really kind of, you know, iffy at best if I want to or not. Now, if I pay for the pay per view, hopefully, maybe it might, you know, do, it might, you know, actually be something worth watching, maybe worth my time to make content on. But then again, you know, because again, I don't want to break tradition when it comes to reviewing all the AEW, you know, pay-per-views on my channel. But here's another thing that I've also noticed. Remember that that Warner Brothers Discovery, you know, they said, you know, including David Saslov, you know, they they wanted to see 12 month, like one a month for pay-per-views, like 12 pay-per-views a year. Where where is the first two been in the last two months? Hmm. Mm -hmm. I call bullshit. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and get started. Uh, you guys, you know, stopped at Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. I'm gonna say for the tag tornado tag team match for the AEW tag team titles. For the first time, I'm actually betting against Sting because again. I, we all know where this is going because the Young Bucks are clearly painting a picture where we're going to see new tag team champions. They, there are, I mean, even if they show their quote unquote true colors for storyline, it doesn't make matter because this is actually what we're going to see. They're going to, they're going to job out Darby Allen. They're going to retire Sting and in the process become tag team champions, all for the sake of putting themselves over being snake bitten with drunk power, you know. Next, we got Orange Cassie versus Roderick Strong for the international championship. I I personally think Roderick Strong is going to win because, again, Roderick has been, been in the company for a couple of years. It's about time that he got himself a title in AEW. So no disrespect to any Orange Cassidy fans out there. I mean, I love Orange Cassidy. I think he's a he's a true definition of a fighting champion. If he was the AEW World Champion, I'd support it because at least he'd actually be there and actually give a shit to defend his title whenever and wherever. Then you got Samoa Joe versus Hangnail Adam Page versus Strickland for the AEW World title. I'm going with Joe to retain because, again, this is... If you're having... You know, one of the two of the rivalry between Adam Page and Strickland, then you know neither one of them is going to win that three-way dance. Next, we got Timeless Tony Storm defending the women's world title against Deanna Perrazzo. I'm going with Tony Storm to retain because I don't think she. I don't think it's it's time for a new champion to be crowned just yet. And Eddie Kingston versus Brian Danielson. For the Continental Crown Championship. 
I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston because as much as I love Brian Danielson, I think Kingston has got this in the bag. So that's the – I'm already catched up, up with you guys. So go ahead. Let's see. My prediction for the Continental Crown, going with Kingston on this one. Michael. <clears throat> Oof. I hate to do this to you. Go ahead. Brian Danielson. All right. Okay. All right. That's fine. All right. And, uh, of course, I agree with Michael. Okay. All right. Remember All right. those Sting picked his own opponents. Well, yeah. As I already mentioned it earlier, I picked Eddie Kingston for the W on that one. Now we move on to the next. It's going to be the following. Will Ospreay going up against Kanosuke Takeshita. I know Will I'm going to go. Yes. Will Ospreay. Yep. Going to go Will Ospreay. Ospreay right here. Make it four. Well, guess what? It's official. Yep. Clean sweep on that. Nice. All right, now we go into another title match, but this time for the TNT Championship as Christian Cage defending his title, which along accompanied by Killswitch, Mother Wayne, and the prodigy Nick Wayne going up against Daniel Garcia. Uh, you know, I would love to see Garcia becoming TNT champion, but like I said, not AEW Revolution. Christian Cage is going to retain the TNT title. I beg to differ because okay. they have not. Adam Copeland's not a part of Revolution, correct? Right. No. Because of an injury, I think. Yeah. Well, injury or not, he could still play a factor in, you know, costing Christian Cage the TNT title. But either way, I say let's let Daniel Garcia win. Because Daniel Garcia has been on a fucking roll as of late ever since, you know, December. And the last thing we want is for someone who's been in this business longer than him, who needs to pass the torch to at some point in his career to, to, to someone like Daniel Garcia, because the guy deserves it. I mean, I think he deserves to be a champion in AEW. And on top of that, despite the odds stacked against him, this guy, this guy deserves it. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I feel like, you know, Adam Copeland may find a way to interfere without having to be too physical. All right. I have to agree with Jordan. Daniel Garcia is due to hold a championship in AEW. This is the perfect opportunity. Let Copeland get involved. Make because uh, I think him and Christian Cage is more than a title. It's personal between those two. So, and Allison Cheating, you be quiet. Um, <laughs> Christian so I'm going to go with Daniel Garcia. Besides, if he loses, that that will kill his momentum. I mean, I, and I would and I would hate that for him. 
<sighs> Buffalo, New York's got to represent. All right. Going to go with my man, Daniel Garcia. Okay. Here it is. What? Son of a <laughs> bitch! <laughs> we were fine until all that. Uh. Yeah, I, I saw. Daniel Garcia, okay. The streamer was doing fine until it finally decides to pull that crap. So that's four against Brandon's one. But then again, if he if, if Christian Cage retains, I mean, I won't. I mean, I'll I won't be surprised. But it, but at least it'll show one thing that Tony Khan or anybody up in booking, whether they're EVPs or not, they don't give a shit about the you know next generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now we go into a tag team match as FTR, Dax Hardwood, and Cash Wheeler going up against the two members of the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli. I love all four of these guys. I think the one team is deserving to be known as the greatest tag team in this generation of professional wrestling. The other hand, I believe two men who I believe are deserving to be main eventers, you know, in their own right, as well as being former tag team champions in their respective, you know, positions from the WWE. Now they're in AEW. But if I'm going to go with team basics and history with strategy of how they've been able to win, I'm going to go with FTR. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going FTR as well. Okay, what match? Uh, FTR and uh, okay, FTR versus Mox and Claudio. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, oh God! I'm going with FTR in this one. All right, FTR. Yes. We'll get. We'll get what? Clean sweep. All right, there we go. Mm-hmm. And then we have the All-Star Scramble match, and the winner of that will receive a future AEW World Championship match. It involves Chris Jericho, Wardlow, Powerhouse Hobbs, Lance Archer, Hook, Brian Cage, Magnus, but a different Magnus, I know. I just looked at. I just looked at it. It's not Nick Aldis. I'm like in my yeah. head. You got it. <laughs> and and also finally Dante Martin. Okay, so Chris Jericho is the only person out of all the others who's been AEW World Champion. I mean, it could be. You know, it might be. You know, easy to pick him considering how he's only he's the only one that's been World Champion. Plus. We've never really seen him face off against Samoa Joe before because I we all know that Samoa Joe's got gonna win a revolution. I mean, that's a that's a four dunk conclusion. But that would be a good dream match to have Jericho versus Joe. The you know, the Lion Tamer versus the Kakina Clutch. Maybe we can make that a submission match. But out of all of them. The one who I think might be a 
threat and probably to win, no disrespect towards Jericho, it could be Powerhouse. No, no, not Powerhouse, but Wardlow. Because Wardlow has been making it known as of late, and he's actually been shooting from the hip, even referring to CM Punk, because it's a known fact he beat CM Punk, you know, to give Punk his first loss in AEW when he returned to professional wrestling. And he even referenced him being the real world champion, even though, yeah. And he even referenced saying that he's beaten his, him so bad, he can't even, like, he's, you know, keep, he keeps getting injured, you know? So, I'm I thought that go. was MJF that gave him a, CM Punk his first loss. No, 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 no. AEW, uh, no. I think it, I think it was, Brian, I think it was, uh, I think it was uh, Wardlow that did, did it first. But then again, we'll have to look back, back at history. But then again, the point is, plus, Wardlow's also the guy who beat MJF to a bloody pulp or to a pulp, you know, which caused MJF to cut, you know, cut that shoot promo, you know, which we never got to see him again until all out. And then he later wrestled at full gear to become the a year long world champion. So I'm going to go with Wardlow in this match. Absolutely. I'm going Wardlow as well. Wardlow, definitely Wardlow. Between between him, Hobbs, and Cage, I'm taking uh, Brian Cage. That's going to be a tough call to make. But I'm going with Wardlow's got the momentum going in. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm going with Wardlow in this one. I'm actually going to go with a wild card on this. Okay. Mm-hmm. We've never seen this guy go for the big time. I'm going to say this right now. The current FTW champion. I'm saying this right now. Send Hook. All right. Hook? Okay. Well, face him all with Joe once. He was close, so. Yeah. I see. I understand he might want to get another shot at it. Yep. Okay, right. then, um, Andrew. I agree with Michael. Okay. Uh, well, it's still three to two. Uh, and yep, that should do it. I do believe it was MGF. Okay, well, regardless regardless of that, I mean, we can all, all agree that Wardlow was a factor in, you know, Punk's first loss in AEW, of course. Mm-hmm. But anyway... Well, it's time for the uh, main event, uh, 30 minutes of reading from support, wrestle talk, give us a subscribe. And it'll be regarding the Vince McMahon lawsuit. And so, yeah, let's get, get on with it. Where, All we, right. uh, where we pick up from last time? Uh, because these weeks we go were- by faster than than, you know, having to paint a, you know, a picket fence, so. Yeah, I mean, we left off, we, we're going to start, we were going to start with the number two gifts given to plaintiff during time with WWE and association with McMahon. Let's see. So that is 232. All right. 232, right? 
Yep, correct. All right. Okay, I'm there. Perfect. All right. As already mentioned, gifts given to plaintiff during time with WWE and associated with association with McMahon. From 2019 until early 2022, McMahon provided Miss Grant with quote unquote gifts to keep her under McMahon's control. Upon information and belief, the gifts provided to Miss Grant included ones purchased by McMahon and expensed them to WWE. Examples of the items received by Miss Grant from McMahon in 2019 included the following Alternative Clinic Medical Care and Medical and Cosmetic Services and Products, Clubhouse Access Tickets to the Belmont Stakes, WrestleMania Private Full Day Transportation and Premium Tickets. A $2,000 Nordstrom gift card and a massive box of Godiva. Examples of the items received by Ms. Grant from McMahon in 2020 included the following. $20,000 towards surgery paid directly to the to a surgeon's office. Pearl slash diamond paid lariat necklace from Beveridge in Greenwich, Connecticut. Blue cashmere knee-length cardigan from Nordstrom. A blue Burberry check cashmere scarf, also from Nordstrom. A blue cashmere and fur hat, also from Nordstrom. Gray cashmere shawl, also from Nordstrom. Celine sunglasses, also from Nordstrom. Cable knit throw blankets and large bouquets of flowers delivered approximately every other week. Examples of the items received by Miss Grant from McMahon in 2021 included the following 2022 BMW 430XI, a $5,000 gift certificate from Land. Fire Spa, two private chef chef catered catered dinners in McMahon's condo, gold and diamond paved paper clips necklace from Betteridge in Grinch, Connecticut, fifteen thousand dollars Bloomingdale's gift cards, food assortment display and antique tea ceremony set from Saudi Arabia. And large bouquets of flowers delivered approximately every other week. Miss Grant was a sub subordinate and vulnerable victim to predators, not a consenting and willing participant. Miss Grant was groomed and coerced by McMahon and Laurenitis. And the WWE stood by and facilitated efforts to keep Miss Grant employed by WWE to ensure McMahon's continued sexual exploitation. In addition to what Miss Grant and her medical providers who examined her following the abuse will testify to, there is an, 
there is ample other evidence of Miss Grant's mental state and her attempts to avoid the unfortunate circumstances she found herself in. In January of 2021, Miss Grant sent a message to the resident manager stating that she was miserable at WWE. Quote, I don't say it to Vince, but as grateful as I am for my job and my salary, I, I, I actually am miserable, mismanaged all the time. They admit they don't know what to do with me. Nobody gave a fuck when I, when I was harassed and retaliated against to the point my reputation was questioned and my work was taken away. As further alleged throughout this complaint, Miss Grant was frequently referred to as McMahon's bitch. On multiple occasions, Miss Grant object objected to this treatment. As alleged herein, before Miss Grant was being routinely directed by McMahon to engage in sexual contact with other men, Miss Grant had expressed her apprehension about McMahon's quote-unquote fantasy texts manifesting and graduating into reality. Further, at nearly all relevant times, Miss Grant was an employee of the WWE and could reasonably expect at a minimum to lose her position if she did not comply with the wishes of McMahon. McMahon controlled WWE during Miss Grant's employment, and the company knew but did nothing about McMahon's exploitation of Miss Grant. As detailed in herein, WWE knew of McMahon's illegal conduct and did nothing to stop it, this is self-evident from the numerous executive level and board members who were privy to McMahon's involvement with Ms. Grant as well as his, as his prior incidents involving sexual misconduct. For instance, in or around March 2021, Ms. Grant introduced herself to WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 when they passed one another in the hallway. WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 responded by telling Miss Grant that WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 knew exactly who she was. WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 maintained an office suite on the executive fourth floor of WWE's company headquarters at that address, 1241 East Main Street, while Miss Grant Cubicle in the company's legal department was in a different building, which was 1266 East Main and across the street from WWE Corporate Officer Number One's office. Miss Grant had no physical presence at 1241 East Main Street until the beginning of February 2021, when, when she began to report to an attorney who kept an office in both buildings. 
Given that WWE Corporate Officer Number One, a very high-ranking WWE officer, and Ms. Grant was an entry-level coordinator in the legal department, it is unusual that WWE Corporate Officer Number One would know who Ms. Grant was at all at that point. Except WWE Corporate Officer Number One knew of Ms. Grant at least in part by hearing about the ongoing exploitation of Miss Grant by McMahon. Following Miss Grant's messages to McMahon on March 9, 2021, McMahon summoned Miss Grant to his condo that evening for a conversation during which McMahon confirmed that WWE Corp Corporate Officer Number One N.D. knew exactly who she was as McMahon had met privately with WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 and WWE Corporate Officer Number 2 and advised these individuals as of McMahon's connection to Miss Grant. McMahon continued this conversation by detailing to Miss Grant that they had expressed concern but were ultimately supportive. McMahon also advised Miss Grant that one or both of WWE Corporate Officer Number One and Slash or WWE Corporate Officer Number Two inquired whether Miss Grant could be trusted, and that McMahon offered assurances that Miss Grant would not do something to hurt the WWE. Knowledge on the part of WWE is further illustrated by the multiple meeting, meetings Ms. Grant had about initial hiring and subsequent position changes, including a number of such meetings with WWE Corporate Officer Number 2 and a voice memo McMahon sent Ms. Grant the following morning on March 10th mentioning the names of both WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 and WWE Corporate Officer Number 2 in connection with the new rule. It's unusual for the executive chairman and CEO to name drop two of the company's highest-ranking officers in connection with a coordinator's first job promotion, especially as there are human resources partners assigned to each department. WWE Corporate Officer Number 4 was a high-ranking legal department employee at WWE until around November 2020. Upon information and belief, WWE Corporate Officer Number 4 was terminated or asked to resign from WWE Corporate Officer Number 4's post at WWE. McMahon expressed to Ms. Grant that WWE Corporate Officer Number 4, while still employed at WWE, knew or highly suspected that a sexual relationship existed between McMahon and Ms. Grant. Upon information and belief, WWE Corporate Officer Number 4 articulated WWE Corporate Officer Number 4's knowledge and slash or suspicion to at least one other executive knowledge on the part of WWE is further illustrated by the fact that Miss Grant's presence mm -hmm. came more 
visible over time, including during executive committee meetings, which were attended by individuals who had either direct knowledge of McMahon's sexual exploitation of Miss Grant or were otherwise suspicious. Given Miss Grant's length of employment and job title, it was an abnormal sign of different and special treatment for her to attend such meetings, especially when the executive head of the department, Lauren Ines, was in attendance as well. Notably, Ms. Grant inquired with both WWE Corporate Officer Number 1 and WWE Corporate Officer Number 2 about whether it was appropriate for her to attend these meetings. Additionally, WWE Corporate Officer Number 3, another high-ranking WWE official and member of the WWE Board of Directors at that time, at the time of Ms. Grant's employment with WWE, motioned for Ms. Grant to sit in a chair near WWE Corporate Officer Number 3 at the boardroom table during one of the meetings. Upon information and belief, WWE Corporate Officer Number 3 knew of other instances of McMahon engaging in inappropriate sexual conduct. Upon information and belief, numerous other independent contractors, employees, as well as executives and slash or board members within WWE knew of or suspected McMahon's misconduct involving Miss Grant, including by being shown explicit photos of Miss Grant by McMahon. McMahon directed a single attorney to negotiate the NDA on behalf of WWE and McMahon, both parties to the agreement. McMahon's abuse of Miss Grant did not come as a surprise to anyone at WWE because he had faced numerous prior accusations of sexual misconduct, including in 1994, former WWE referee Rita Chatterton alleged that McMahon had raped her after luring her into a limousine to discuss her career. She recounted it for New York Magazine, and I quote, I was forced into oral sex with Vince McMahon. When I couldn't complete his desires, he got really angry, started ripping off my jeans, pulled me on top of him, and told me again that if I wanted a half a million dollar year a year contract that I had to satisfy him, he could make me or break me. And if I didn't satisfy him, I was blackballed. That was it. I was done. In February 2006, the Palm Beach Post reported that McMahon had shown nude pictures of himself to a tanning booth attendant at Tans Bar in Boca Raton, Florida, and subsequently made unwelcome advances and finally cornered her in a tanning booth and groped her. I think the word you you, you mispronounce is subsequently, I think. Okay, yeah, thank you. Yeah. 
All right. And keep that. No, I'm. I am wondering about that. Does anyone know about Grant's background? Well, I think we know a bit about it. I think she tried. I think she was once a caregiver to her parents. I believe. Yeah. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. They both died. You know. Go ahead. Uh, okay. And then a, a former spa manager at a California resort accused McMahon of assault at the resort in 2011. To no, further- yeah, I, I think I, I think I heard about that, man, that, that is stupid right there, especially yep. in a public workplace. Mm-hmm. To further illustrate knowledge of the culture of sexual misconduct at WWE, top-level executives not only fail to properly investigate abuse, but also compounded Miss Grant's suffering by making public statements that trivialized the harm perpetuated upon her. These are just a few examples as to how the WWE and its most senior officials knew about and fostered a culture when the venture of harassment and sexual exploitation of women was tolerated to further the business and financial interests of WWE. Given, among other things, the history of misconduct involving other women, the notice provided by McMahon to senior leadership at WWE, rumors about the relationship within WWE headquarters, the widespread sharing of Miss Grant's pictures, including her face, to those inside the company by McMahon, the atypical hiring of Miss Grant and the atypical advancement of Miss Grant within WWE. WWE clearly knew of McMahon's misconduct involving Miss Grant and slash or reckless, recklessly disregarded facts available to them. Now, the circumstances surrounding the NDA, it's invalidly and McMahon and WWE's disregard for the NDA. As detailed herein, the NDA signed by Ms. Grant, McMahon, and WWE was entered into through coercive tactics and it's legally unenforceable pursuant to federal statute and common law. Exhibit A attached hereto is a true and accurate copy of the NDA. The NDA violates the Speak Out Act and is thus unenforceable. The NDA is also void and unenforceable because the confidentiality term, a core term, is overly broad on its face. As written, it would prevent Ms. Grant from saying anything to anyone about WWE or her employment there, which, of course, she would need to 
to do to apply for a job, for example, let alone exposing McMahon and other sexual assaults and abuse of Ms. Grant, the NDAs that McMahon has used to silence other women may be equally unenforceable if the same language was used. Um, edit once we hit, once we get to the 270, you know, to 270. All right. Yeah, we'll do. Miss Grant was, moreover, coerced into signing the NDA merely eight days after she first spoke to an attorney, an attorney who McMahon initially approved of and then cautioned Miss Grant against trusting before she was railroaded into rejecting all of her own attorney's comments. This occurred because of relentless pressure, including implicit and explicit threats by McMahon. The NDA did not even include basic terms. She was promised by McMahon, including that he would pay for her lawyers, medical care, and taxes. Regardless, even if it was enforceable, McMahon has breached a core term of the NDA. He paid $1 million, but failed to make any further payments, including the installment of $500,000 that was to be paid within 10 days of February 1st, 2023, under Section VB of the agreement. Furthermore, circumstances have changed in that Miss Grant's name has now been publicity, publicity released through no fault of her own, which impacts employment prospects and has led to further trauma and humiliation. Miss Grant's life after this abuse and resulting damages. As detailed herein, Miss Grant was exploited during her time of employment with WWE and was subjected to countless depraved and humiliating acts, which has led to severe and permanent trauma. She has been further traumatized by having to relive those experiences when giving evidence to the government in connection with their investigations of WWE. Indeed, Ms. Grant's trauma and ongoing fears of additional retaliation was so severe that she required extended inpatient treatment. Today, she lives with so much anxiety and depression that she is unable to leave her residence for weeks at a time out of fear and PTSD. Due to this trauma and inability to leave her home, Ms. Grant was terminated from employment on January 27, 2023, where she lost not only her dream job of managing her building, but the only job that she could procure without the need for any references. Ms. Grant's lost income is $80,000 per year. 
The severe restrictions of the NDA have created a wedge in all of Ms. Grant's relationships and left her in a perpetual state of isolation as her family has passed away and she cannot and does not lean on the support of the community due to the NDA's restrictions. Further, Ms. Grant has experienced weight loss, insomnia, rashes, flashbacks to her exploitation, nightmares, panic attacks, and depression. Ms. Grant will go days without brushing her teeth, taking a shower, or washing her clothes. On many days, she doesn't leave her bed. Ms. Grant will prove at trial that she will need lifelong treatment because of the pain and suffering inflicted upon her by defendants. So, yeah, next week, um, I know this isn't, you know, been 30 minutes, but we're going to, you know, have, you know, co have coverage of the causes of action. And that will probably be 30 minutes worth of reading, but hopefully we'll be able to get that done for next week and probably the week after that to get through this uh, article. This has to be the longest article I think we've had to read off of in the history of the show. Yeah. But regardless of, you know, what you may or may not think about her, I mean, even though she can't, even though she can be, even though she isn't innocent in her own right in regards to, you know, in regards to what she, like, again, I hate that for her, but there are some things about her that really just, again, she signs the non-disclosure agreement and you know what you're getting into, you know? But yep. on the other hand, if Vince McMahon, he doesn't hold up his end of the, of the deal, then he's getting himself in a predicament where there's no going back. But at the same time, neither one of these two are innocent. And the only thing I see is the fact that, you know, one person failed to pay the other and all because for the for the sake of sexual gratification, which is disgusting, even in its own right. But we'll pro we'll talk about the, you know, the counts for next week. But right now we're going to close things off right here. Thank you all so much for being a part of episode 229 of the Rant Ray podcast. Next week will be the first week, you know, or the first day of, you know, of the month of March for Rant and Rave. Uh, we will we will be continuing the, the article. Um, we will also have our topics, you know, individually and also the results of AEW Revolution. And we'll and we're continuing down the road to WrestleMania. So that being said, if you like this, give it a thumbs up. If you miss your chance in the live chat, comment comment down below. Hold on a second. Even only if only a part of what Grant has come out with is true, it won't look good for either one of them. Yeah, ex exactly. But like I said, if you like this, give it a thumbs up. If you missed your chance in the live chat, comment down below. Give us your thoughts and opinions. Also, be sure to subscribe if you are new to the channel. Hit hit, and also be sure to stay subscribed for thirty days, so that way you'll be be able to you know. To, to talk in the live chat and interact with us whenever we're live. Also hit the notification bell so that way you'll be notified whenever Brandon does an upload, a premiere, or a live stream like this one at all times. 
Same goes for Michael Bombardier, Andrew Hawking, Eric Lee Shenanigans of 1977, and your truly the Humble Outsider Jury Scout, a.k.a. Jamin's a Jet. With that being said, God bless you all. Have a great night and stay healthy for Barry tomorrow. So now, if you excuse me, I got a second serving of QT to deal with. So good night, everybody. Yeah. Good night. Peace. Yep. Keep ranting and raving. Good night, everybody. And we'll see you all next week.